Hello, it is Monday, July 12th, 2021 years after zero, 59 days a la at Boston Connors Twitter account until the NFL season. Good conversations today with Rappaport. Okay, great conversation today with Rappaport. And obviously, Nigel! Nigel Seeley from across the pond about England's big loss the other day in the Europe's championship against the Italians. We talk about everything happening in the world from the fight game to football to Wimbledon and Tour de France and everything in between. Today's a hell of a sports show. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. If you enjoyed today's show, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it, Ty. There is a lot to talk about. Yes! yes! We're live on Sirius XM Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio, <laughs> and YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. Uh, the Hammered Down Boys are in studio live with us from Jump. We have two guests today, Nigel Seeley, Ooh, who Nigel. is a, uh English drunk, who is also the second best soccer better on planet Earth behind ours, Bubba Gampino here, and uh, Tone Diggs is here, at Boston Connors here, uh, at Ty Schmitz here, everybody in the back, great to see everybody. Hey, let's give her. There are compliments and congratulations that are in order for. Now, I have said this on too many occasions, and some people think it's a negative. It is not. In my life, there has been too many Italians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I do 23 and me. I find out, obviously. I am You're one of them. I am potentially 0.01% Italian and that is a beautiful thing to be a part of the community basically that I was raised in Pittsburgh where there is way too many Italians. Absolutely. Okay? And they, I assume Pittsburgh was burnt down yesterday with the Italian oh, celebration. Yeah, yeah. I saw videos coming out of Clifton Hill, Niagara Falls. Great to see the Ripley's Believe It or Not Theater is still standing. Nobody could have imagined that that place would survive COVID. It is. That is a place that I went to a lot in high school, 10, 15 times. I guess there is an Italian conglomerate there that mm. is massive. Wow. Makes sense because the waterfalls are there. They're in Pittsburgh because there's three rivers there. Yep. They're in Chicago, because the uh, river goes yeah. through Philadelphia, New York, what? what? You what? name it. What? Anywhere, what? If there is a water yep. exit, burial, right. mover, uh-huh. logistics around, you're probably going to see Italians. Yesterday, glory for Italy. That's wow. The Italians win the Europe's. 2020, which was delayed one year because of COVID in the year 2021. Somebody tweeted in 2013 from the future that this was going to happen. In penalties, Italy takes home the Europe's. Just yesterday, Hammer Don had a watch along. It was fantastic. Yeah, boys. The two hosts of Hammer Down, Tone Diggs, grew up uh, up the street from me in the town that I speak of with too many Italians. You were born and raised in Italy for 28 years, 28 you said years. yesterday. Mm-hmm. By the way, you said <laughs> By the way, basically Italy, where we are from, it feels like yeah, now that yeah. you go through everybody's name and culture and everything like that. 
What a day for you, Tom. Hey. Congratulations to Italy. And before we get to the other team, okay, before we get to the the, the meat spinning on the, on the street before oh, yeah. the game, yeah. the granny tit tossing before the game, uh-huh. before the parades, before the game, about it finally coming home, as Wimbledon is being hosted in the same city, the Europe's finals with... England playing it is in London. That city was ready for an absolute explosion. Yeah. The country was excited. Canada, who would have never seen the Europe's uh, trophy uh, championship, whatever, in Canada, even if England would have won, even though they've been paying taxes for mm-hmm. so long, they were behind England. It felt like England backers, England supporters, England fans were ready to have the greatest day of their existence yesterday. Yeah, and ever. instead... Old Pontius Pilate came in and just stabbed him right in the heart. The Italians get the dub. Diggs, how do you feel first? Are you excited about this? Did you enjoy this? Or does your heart hurt for a man who was actually, I believe, tears falling from his face yesterday Uh as an entire country mourned the loss of it never coming home? My heart did hurt a little bit for Gumpy. But, you know, I went home. I had a nice... Huge, huge plate of lasagna. Wow! Nice. To celebrate. What? what? Busted out my my finest bottle of wine. What? Some breadsticks. What? That's it. Oh, oh, God. God. Oh, God. Yeah, 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 I know. Mozzadell. This yeah. is disgusting. Oh, well, I didn't want to. You let us all down. I'm not a liar. Tony. <laughs> you just said yesterday you grew up in Italy for 28 years, and you're telling I me did. you you're right, you're right. Where Fucking we? Italian club was right down the road. Hey, your dad, <laughs> president of president the Italian club, captain of the okay. bocce team. Okay, I mean this is so I did. Yeah, okay, I get it, but. Man, we could have went through an entire list True. of Italian oh, food yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Could have uh-huh. really went there. But what a glorious night to be glorious Italian. Glorious night. What a glorious night to have that little Italian horn. What a what a glorious night to be a part of something so special, mm-hmm. but also in true Italian style, so devastating to somebody yeah. else. Oh, oh, no. Boy. oh, no. Gumpy, ever since I spit net 23 and me, all of a sudden I had a team of the root four in the Europes. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay, Ireland ain't worth a fuck. All right, they, well, I, for now. They'll, they'll turn it around eventually. I don't know what's yeah, what happened to Connor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything that's going oh. on, I'm not 100% sure. But that 0.01% gave me something to believe in. Mm-hmm. But watching you, and I think a lot of people can speak to this point, not just in this room, but people that listen and watch this show, watching you support England kind of made us all supporters of England. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of made us all believers in England. Kind of yep. made us all realize that the pain and suffering that the English soccer fans have been through since 1966. Man. Wow. 55 years they've been sitting on this thing. It's like the Cubs, before the Cubs were able to win, they suck again. But it's like the Cubs, whenever they were able to win, Mm -hmm. it was like the lovable losers Mm -hmm. finally win. I guess in the world of soccer, which we do not pay attention to, at all. Nope. Especially before Gumpy got here. But England is this team that is a powerhouse, always has been in the soccer world, has created greats and icons. But the fans of the English national team haven't got a chance to really celebrate a goddamn thing since yeah. 1966. And here we are, the fourth best soccer tournament on earth, mm-hmm. hosted in England. England's in a final, because obviously you got the World Cup. Yep. Concafa Cup. What? Right. 
Gold, Gold Cup, Cup which we sent our shit team to. I don't want to yeah. hear any tweets from any of you foreign <laughs> no. folks watching our soccer team play in the Gold Cup. Uh-uh. That's not our team. No. That is our junior varsity. Our junior varsity team got sent to the Gold Club. I don't want to hear a goddamn thing about it. We won the Concafa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Easy. Easy. Won that thing. Ran right through it. We sent our B, D, and F team to this Gold Cup. I don't want to hear anything. But then you get down a couple more tournaments, and it's the Euros. This was everything, Gumpy. And once again... You didn't stink. I don't know how this happens to you. I've only been an English uh, like follower here for the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. This is heartbreaking, dude. Especially with how about that guy meat spinning oh, on, the, I know. on the way in, fully nude, and the lady, and then you and Nigel, who's joining us in five minutes. The amount of drinks and celebrating, oh, yeah. and it's coming home. It has to be this it's has to come home now. This young group doesn't even know it didn't have Gumpy. Can you put into words, please? Yesterday. After the second minute when they score, and then when that thing ends, as we all watch along live, knowing that heartbreak was coming on the screen, yep. just where you are right now, mentally, emotionally, and how does England bounce back from this, not as a country, uh, but as, a, a, as an entire entity yeah. at this yeah. point? It was one of those days you knew it was either the best day or the worst day of your life. <laughs> and as an England fan, England is going to England. It just took for the final for it to happen. So how come, how come all those other games we we were, we weren't told that England was going to England because we because you have to believe, you, you get you get a tournament like this every two years and I got a lot of people messaging me this you have to celebrate every chance you get as an England fan okay like Can- in two years from now or not even like a year and a half the World Cup we'll be doing it's coming home again. Like, this is what okay, we do. Okay, so we need to know that everything you guys do is Fugues. Yeah. I actually didn't. We, we happened to, and uh, Connor and I stopped to get some apps before we went up to watch the fights on Saturday or mm-hmm. whatever. And uh-huh. we, we were sitting at the end of a bar, and uh, we were talking to a diehard English fan. Oh, yeah. Diehard okay. English from England, he said. Right next to us, yeah. And we told him about how we have somebody who's also from England. It's been a big soccer fan. And I said, you guys are just the most dramatic fucks of all time, huh, aren't you? The Europe's is the Super Bowl, and then the Premier League is the Super Bowl, then the Champions League is the Super Bowl, Uh the World Cup is the Super Super Bowl. Bowl. It's like everything is the Super Bowl over there. And I appreciate the fact that you guys have so much emotional investment in soccer and everything like that. But you guys, everything's the Super Bowl. Everything is compared to the Super, the Europe's, the the English guy just like, um, this is the Super Bowl for us. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. It's like, okay, well, what happens when the World Cup happens? this is our uh, this is our super. Bowl. Yeah. It's Super-Bowl. like the World Series and almost. The Premier League, you never walk alone. It's Super Bowl. Super Bowl. And then if you get into the champion, oh, Capital One, they're trying to ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to do that entire pay for Champions League thing. Can't they're going to ruin it because Champions League, by the way, Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. It's, everything is the Super Bowl. Is that is that accurate? And is it because you guys are just such good promoters? Like, Is it because soccer oh. is such a good promotional thing? Because it feels like the Europe's like, I understand you guys lost hell of a run, though. Yeah, good run. Good, good run for the lads. You can't, I mean, mistakes were made. What are we, about four weeks away, though, from another tournament that you guys will hype up as the Super Bowl? <laughs> Super Bowl. Are um, we not? Year and, and a half, year and a half till the World Cup. We'll be right back at it. <laughs> Here we there go. It is. Super Bowl. We're back in it. Now, let's talk about the game, though. Yeah. Because I have become the go-to expert on yeah. soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Knew it was going to happen. 
It's soccer. To a T. This is soccer. Yes. It will be tied. Mm -hmm. We will boost that to plus 250. And for some reason, there will be no max limit on that. So you can put a couple hundred or even a thousand on that and cash in on one of the best bets in the history of betting. It's soccer. It was a champ. It was a Super Bowl Mm -hmm. championship. They're going to tie. This is, yeah. Everybody knew they were going to tie. We said it last week. We said it the week before that as we've been watching soccer because good friend of ours is soccer watcher in Gumpy. Like, oh, this is soccer. They're going to tie. They're going to tie. Easiest bet of the history. And that was just us, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was our bet. Now, Diggs took it and everybody took it, but we were called idiots for making that bet. This is disrespectful to the game, blah, blah, blah. That hits. Gumpy's over one and a half goals. That hits. I I think Gumpy actually said whenever we were uh, kind of brainstorming what we should super boost for this game, I think Gumpy said it'll be 1-1. And I was like, yep, perfect. Overtime, over. (laughs) Both hit. We did. We have taken... Okay, this is the text that I got from FanDuel after both of these boosts hit yesterday. Is FanDuel the biggest footy book in America right now? Yeah, feels like it. I think so. So we were told that there has been numerous records set on the action in the footy world gambling for FanDuel. Now, I don't know if it's the biggest in America, but I know that we have broken numerous soccer betting records at FanDuel. So shout out to everybody. Here we go. Here we go. Shout out to everybody who's doing exactly what we're doing, saying, uh, hey, hate to watch it. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. But this guy's smart, so we'll just follow what he does. And also, if we're going to be able to get plus 250 yeah. on soccer happening, <laughs> let's, yes, please. let's take it. Please. Everybody knew that was going to be tight. Everybody knew it was going to go. I've been told, though, that we have cost – Fandle with our super boost because there's a lot of people that get active mm-hmm. whenever we lose yeah, the super yeah. boost, okay? And there's an entire process to the super boost. You have to do it a couple days before because it has to get built in there. They, so in football, not the easiest thing. There was a couple times where I would have to put a bet in, and then by the time game time come, like the reason why I put that as the thing, completely gone. Right. It's like, okay, so this this is something I will have to take on my record. But when we win on these super boosts, people think that like we're not happy. Let me, I am pumped whenever those hit. Yes. There is actual anxiety in those super boosts because whenever they lose, I feel terrible. I feel <laughs> fucking terrible because we was I my money's gone, uh-huh. people's money's gone. But I was told after these soccer boosts, both of these hit. I asked, I was like, is this our biggest day? Like, is this our biggest day we've had? I guess there's a couple other predictions that we have put out in football where it has been the biggest day. Okay, but I was. We have cost them tens of millions of dollars. <laughs> yes! With Woo! the Super Boost. Woo! They said, uh, we, we won't be able to get the exact total in, uh, until a couple weeks. And I don't even know if that is something, because, I mean, there is business happening, mm-hmm. like that whole thing. But they just said, know that your Super Boosts have cost us tens of millions yes! of dollars. Come on. Now we go. Now we go. Fucking right. Why we play the game. And it makes sense because, like you said, that that bet, I was expecting that to be minus 10,000 for it to you know go into overtime. Yeah. And then it's like, what well, is plus 250? Plus that- 250 for it to tie championship. It's soccer. That was a lock. No max bet either. Yeah. Well, I mean, no dangerous. max bet is insane. I got him for a couple thousand. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't even imagine what everybody else did whenever they looked at it. And they're like, yeah, that's what soccer is. They're definitely going to fucking tie. Let's go ahead and do that. Um, but... The entire run with the Europe's has been an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. Congrats on a hell of a run by the Hammer Down yeah, Boys. Good work, boys. Go, boys. Gumpy, sorry you had to watch that, and we got to watch you. Yeah. Uh, 
kind of lose your soul. Melt <laughs> into yeah. a puddle. But from what we just discussed, there's another Super Bowl coming at some point. That's right. England will play somebody in a week or two. Maybe the Concafe Champions. I uh, wish. And maybe that'll happen. And maybe if they answer the call, Olympics, they will treat that as a Super Bowl. There it is. Just won the Olympics. Away. Here we go. Yep. We just won this whole thing. Yeah. Boom. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, a man who was in the building yesterday at Wimbledon, Wembley. He was at Wembley, Wembley. in London. Uh, we saw pictures of him before the game that it was potentially going to come home during. He was already boosted up. Going. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. This guy was supposed to be on our show a couple weeks ago on numerous different occasions. He was blacked out drunk with Mrs. Heineken. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, couldn't make the appearance, living his life. This Europe's run and Wimbledon run for this man we're about to talk to, the greatest gambler in soccer betting Europe history, okay? Yeah. He has had a hell of a run. Yesterday, it all came crashing down. I wonder mm. if he saw the nude guy spinning his meat. I wonder <laughs> if he saw the boobs being unleashed mm. before the game even started. And I can't wait to hear what he has to say about everything going on. Ladies and gentlemen, Nigel C. Nigel, great to see you alive, pal. Thought you might drink yourself into a death situation yesterday after the boys lost for you and it never came home. I think I would have done if we won, Pat. Um, (laughs) uh, First of all, I mean, what a great adventure, both sides. What a great couple of uh, months for me. Um, We haven't been able to travel anywhere. We haven't been able to do anything for 18 months. And, uh, I felt like I was 21 again on a stag holiday. It was fantastic. Having a time of my life for that football tournament. But unluckily, we couldn't get the win. I thought the Italians thoroughly deserved the win. I thought England played very well in the first half. In the second half, I thought the Italians were, uh, were much better. But what an adventure. What a journey. What a, what, a, what, a, what a day it was yesterday. But we just couldn't get that win. Typical English, really. You know, we'll... Uh, We'll, be, we'll, we'll gallant losers. We'll have a go again, but we'll have to wait another few years to another European Championship and next year in a World Cup. See, yeah. Yeah. Boom. that's what yeah. we were saying, Nigel, though. And, and I think you said the last month or whatever has been a hell of a ride. You felt like you were 21 again. For us, riding alongside almost, both following on social and getting to talk to you and then living and riding with every single minute of these games with Gumpy, it has been a blast. I want This has been a lot of fun. You saying, though, typical English fashion, losing that game, that's exactly what Gumpy said. Gumpy said England's going to England at some point. How come you guys are fucking lying to us then? Oh, we, I got invested, Nigel. You told me this yeah. team was going to win. Okay, you told me, and then, oh, no, that's what England does. Yeah. Sorry. Could you not have told me that before so I didn't get emotionally attached to this team? No, I wanted you to live a little bit like I do for the last <laughs> I wasn't going to tell you that. I wasn't going to tell you that. I wanted you to feel the emotions that I've had for my life. Now, when, I, when I first started watching England, I had a head of hair like you. Now look at me. Gumpy has stress, that same. That's worry. That's worry. But I mean, when, I mean, last night was just, a, I mean, I, there was a few things that I, I, I mean, we went to penalties as a 50-50 shot. You know, in the penalty shootout, we're at home advantage. We, we got a shot. But uh, to throw a 19-year-old kid on the fifth penalty, the most important penalty, I just couldn't understand that decision. Um, I okay, just, hold on, hold on. Not just that decision, Nigel, because uh, I'm happy you brought this up because this pivots to a great point, actually. As soon as I saw the two young guys get subbed in, and then I was watching the uh, watch along with Gumpy and then on air, they're like, uh, these are two of the best finishers or strikers. And, and they referenced the penalties that are going to come up. And it, it felt as if everybody knew these two were going to be two of the five kickers or whatever. And as somebody that was a professional ball kicker for a living and also as somebody that played soccer growing up for most of my life, I thought that was a wildly aggressive decision. If these two kids 
dudes, men, sorry, okay? They're men, they are adults. But you get in this. If they get subbed in with two minutes left in extra time and they have the ability to somehow get the jitters out, get a feel for the game, get comfortable, and then walk up to that penalty spot and bury it, You've got to talk about some of the most savage mental humans in existence. I think Kobe, one of those guys mm -hmm. that could have been mm -hmm. able to do that. I think Adam Vinatieri is a guy that could have won in there and did that. I think there's a couple others, maybe. But just dropping them in the biggest moment. Now, this is your guys' words, and I know you guys do over-exaggerate on a very regular basis with this fucking soccer we're all learning. <laughs> but since 1966, finals in London, Two minutes left in extra time, dropping these two guys in there and just being like, yeah, just go, hey, go have some precision in the biggest moment of all time and knock it in. I thought that was a wild decision just as a human. These aren't video games. You know, this is humans that have to get into a game and a flow and a feel. If they would have been able to do that, unbelievable. But that was a tough move, I thought, Nigel. I don't know soccer as well as you, but that seemed like a very aggressive decision. Is that normal or no? No, it's not normal. Uh, it's, it's unknown. I think what you said there, you said the aggressive decision. That was the only aggressive decision that Gareth Southgate made in the whole tournament. It was probably one of the most unaggressive, non-attack-minded. Uh, you know, and when you think about the England team, they've got a load of flair. They weren't unleashed. They weren't unleashed to do what they had to do. And the only reason he put them on with two minutes to go, because he didn't want to put them on with five minutes to go or, or ten minutes to go in case he lost. And what happened yesterday, the fear of losing overran the hope of winning and, and and the excitement of winning. And I think, you know, if you've got anything in life, you've got one shot at it, you've got to take it. Next morning, you're going to regret it. And I think those players will look at this morning and they'll regret what happened to them. And I think he, he, took, he made that call with two minutes to go because he didn't want to bring them on with 10 minutes to go and concede the goal. That's exactly why he left it late. And it was ridiculous because, like you say, they weren't warmed up. It was, it was I think it was uh, Rashford's first kick of the game was the penalty. I don't think he even touched the ball for that penalty. He's got the nation on his shoulders. He's got 80,000 people in the stadium cheering him and, and, and he has to do that under pressure. Just very, very bad. But let's just not take nothing away. I mean, I mean, Gareth, the manager of the England football team, is a credit to this nation. He's, uh, he's a fantastic coach. And on the night, let's be honest with you, we were beaten by the better side. England played very well in the first half. We can't, we can't beat about that, which is sport, top-level sport. We just didn't have that extra gear to go into. You can blame manager decisions. But if you said to me a month ago that I would watch England in a major final, I would have said, Pat, I would take your right arm off to have that opportunity. <laughs> so if we played really well and we got beat, I would be a bit more um, sorry today. But I think on the reflection of the tournament and on the reflection of the game last night, it hurts me to say, but the best team definitely won. That's very adorable. Wow. wow. Very level-headed of you, you know, and I, I didn't expect that today. I didn't, I saw a guy gumpy yesterday. I think tears were actually shed yesterday yeah, yeah. because of the massive moment to what you said. If you would have told me a month ago, we're going to be in a major final, I would have given my arm or whatever. But you said that this team was the team to go because they were young and they don't know what they don't know. When the coach, though, starts getting a little bit of a tight ass, all right, now this is something that happens in football. Whenever you're kind of loose and free, having a good time, and you're just balling and balling and balling, it's good. But once one person who's potentially in a leadership role in your club, now I don't know, this is just football talking, I assume it 
humans are all humans. Once that little bit of anxiety gets brought in or a little bit of tightness, that can really spread to people. So this carefree, young, we don't know what we don't know demeanor all of a sudden can get changed because of just a couple people maybe making it out to be what it is, which is the biggest moment of all time. I wish those young dudes would have got a chance to be electrifying because that... That would have been amazing. The the celebration. Where were you when the fireworks were? I mean, oh, everything that you because that's right in the middle of right in the middle of London. I was watching obviously the the medal ceremony. I don't think I've watched enough of those. Okay. England just taking those off immediately. Amazing. I guess that happens in every soccer medal ceremony or whatever. But the confetti flying, the whole thing, the thought of that in London, and then the fireworks that were across the top of the stadium, oh. like it was the Olympics yeah. with everything in the city streets were just bear this everything was just empty out if england would have won that oh that would have been a fucking spectacle instead it seemed like you guys got home quicker than yeah. anybody in the history of sport to be fair pat i never saw any of that i was on the train so thanks for telling me that I was gone. Oh, yeah. yeah that's you guys got out of there right out of, out of there as soon as i saw Saka take the third penalty i thought there's no what the fifth penalty I didn't think he was going to score. I was down the stairs before he even took it. Put my head up. <laughs> it missed. God. We, yeah. we suck again! I'm out of here. That's awesome. Get out of town. Not watching it. Man, that's a shame. It would have been beautiful. Nigel, it was a lot of fun riding alongside of you. Uh, Gumpy, you have anything to say to Nigel? Yeah, Nigel, didn't you think it was kind of crazy to watch Southgate go around and figure out who was taking penalties? Like... There had to be a conversation at some point where you know who your best five guys are to take penalty shots. Well, but he said in his press conference straight after they knew the five. But I don't think you know the five until you look them in the eyes on the on the pitch. Huh. I think you look, at, you look at them and think to yourself, right, who wants it? Who doesn't want it? The main, I was disappointed that Jack Grealish never took one. I was yeah. disappointed that Raheem Sterling didn't took one. And I feel that if I was if I was in that side and I was a professional football player and I was in, in my twenties or late the early thirties, there is no way that I would let a nineteen year old kid take that penalty ahead of me. As the senior player, I'd say no. Listen, this is my opportunity. I think he made a big this bad decision to take off Jordan Henderson. Yeah, I thought Henderson would have taken the penalty. Captain of Liverpool, captain of one in Champions Leagues, one Premier League titles. I thought he would have taken the penalty. But I just feel that. In that moment, you just got to look in the eyes of the players and think who's going to take it. But, you know, what I did say to you, Pat, and, and Gumpy as well, this England side have never had any problems, they've never had any hurt, they've had any disappointment. Well, they have now. And um, we, have to see, we have to see whether that will make them or break them. So one thing we'll do, I think we'll, we'll, we'll grow from it. I think we'll get more exciting play because I think the country now knows we're in touching distance of winning a tournament. And which are the few adjustments, t- tactical adjustments, we could get it. Okay, so a couple more questions here around the room because, I mean, there's a lot to dive into and we know little to nothing about soccer other than what we've been watching. But whenever it goes to penalties, it, it there's so much drama. I mean, oh. it was just so much drama. It was so quick in and now there. And to your point about them being young and not being through anything, you know, Messi, it feels like with all his disappointment, this last Copa was like one where they were like, hey, let's win this one for Messi. They were throwing him around, tossing mm-hmm. him around. Uh-huh. Maybe this young crew, because they have continued the legacy of losing, you know, which is what England has become known for. Like, if that 19-year-old kid steps up and buries that, though, Ooh. think about what that does for that team with how young they are. You know, it's it's kind of like running a fake in American football. You're either a, the smartest dude of all time or an absolute idiot. I think subbing those guys in late, not getting them 
them in there. And then now the 19-year-old is the last kicker. Hindsight's terrible, especially with everything you're saying about those other. But imagine if England wins that on those young oh, guys' back. Oh, it's set up forever, Nigel. It's set up forever. Do you know who was going to be, if he scored and he went to sudden death, do you know who was going to be the sixth penalty taker? Got to be Pickford. The goalkeeper, yeah. <laughs> he was He was going to be our sixth corner, and that would have been very interesting to see what he had done. But, uh, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, it's very disappointing. We see it today, and, you know, and, and those three players who took the penalties, 23, 21, 19, that, that takes some balls to get up there at 19 and do it. So even though he missed it, he went up in my estimations to go and do it. There's not many 19-year-old kids... There was a lot of 19-year-old kids outside the stadium drinking Stella and trying to barge through security guards with no tickets to get in the match. One of them wouldn't have the balls to kick that penalty, even though he missed it. So fair play to the lad, and I hope that uh, he can recover and we go again. But nothing but pride for me. Been an absolute amazing adventure for the last month. Loved every minute of it. And... Uh, we go to Qatar in a year. Let's have it over there. We've appreciated the hell out of you joining us. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Nigel, that is what my question is about. With Qatar, you know, about a year and a half to go, uh, how do these guys get over this? Because, I mean, if you lose one of the, the biggest tournament, I guess, for England, the Super Bowl, if you will, until next year or next month with the Olympics, what can these kids do to kind of, like, fix their mentals because of how messed up they're going to be after this loss? And do you do you represent how all of England feels with, like, hey, good on them for Stepping up there and going it, or is there a lot of people that are burying those kids right now? There's a lot of people who are burying the kids, unfortunately, but I think they're a small um, minority of people. I mean, the three lads who missed the penalty have had some terrible criticism today on social media. They've uh, they've been there's a mural to uh, Rashford. I mean, you've got to remember Marcus Rashford uh, during COVID has been helping out children over here competing against the government to give people with poverty uh, school-free lunches for kids at school. He's done a fantastic, not only on the pitch, but off the pitch, he's a role model. And what they deserve this morning has been disgraceful. But I think the majority of people would have my, with nothing but pride. With regard to how they bounce back, however much you look at the manager, Gareth Southgate, he might not be the most tactically astute manager. There's better managers at top-level football. But the one thing he is, he's the best man manager for these young players. They look at him as a father figure. Ted Lasso. He's, been, yeah, he's wow. been through what they've been through. He's missed the penalty in a big tournament, and he can get them through it. So we've got to keep dreaming. And I'll tell you what, this time next year, it's coming home. I rode this damn wave. Okay, I learned. I learned more about this in the history of English soccer here the last couple of weeks. And I was in. I was like, good for England. Oh, good yeah. for England. And then it's over and it's like, all right. Olympics are right around the corner. We're going to win that yet. one. Uh-huh. We're going to win it. It's just, it seems like you guys make everything the Super Bowl, which I respect. I absolutely respect it. But also, you guys need to start having a little bit more respect for the fucking Super Bowl, I think, with That's the way right. you guys yeah. describe Euros is a Super Bowl, World Cups is a Super Bowl, Olympics is a Super Bowl, Premier League is a Super Bowl, Champions League is a Super Bowl. It's like there's so many opportunities to win, it feels like, and lose, I guess, is how you guys have to look at it now at this point, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but there's only there's only two major football tournaments: the World Cup, as obviously, and the European Championship. That's Conca-Cast. it. Concafa, the Concafa Cup. Kidding me? Off. No. Connor announced this yesterday. Yeah. We'll go trophy for trophy with the Europe's champion. Uh-huh. Italy, if Italy wants to come on over, okay, we got stadiums just fine. That's right. if you want to come on over, go trophy for trophy. We would be open to that completely. 
How would you bet? How would you bet America against Italy in that tournament now? If you had that bet, me? Minus one twenty Italy, minus one thirty Italy to win that game. Listen. Good odds for us. Yeah, free money. What, so we'll be plus what? One one fifteen, one fifty. Then you think it will be a big price to win in ninety minutes? But anyway, I mean that'll be a great game. Oh, if, oh if, this. If, <laughs> hey, you guys can't beat the Italians. I don't need you telling us. Yeah. Hey, I don't need you telling us. And we got our. Hey, Nigel. This is we're getting way off topic here at this point. And Ty, <laughs> Ty will be the last question, but. Why do you think we put our shit team in the... By the way, they're much better at soccer than I am. Okay, I'm not saying that. We didn't put our heavy hitters, I don't think, in the uh, Gold Cup tournament. Is there is there a reason why... They're, like, for you guys in the Olympics, is it a much different team than a team we saw the other day and with the world... Like, how does... how What is team selection? And why, don't, won't, why don't we, we have our best? We won't put a team in the Olympics. We won't, there won't be a Great Britain team in the Olympics on the soccer tournament. Oh, us either. Yeah. Us either. Yeah. So, and, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if so England football. didn't qualify for the Olympics either. How come everybody attacks us for this thing? Whoa. I'm done. You, have to, be, you have to be under 23 to play in the uh, things. But the trouble is, is that we have um, a different Sc- a Scottish league, an English league, a Welsh league. And the trouble is, you have to be all affiliated to one league to be into the, into the Olympics. So we, we only did it for our home Olympics. And we got beat on that as well in the semifinals and penalties as well, I think. <laughs> Why? That's, nice. that's a shame. Yeah. That, that is a tough ending for that. Why are we sending, if you had to guess from afar across the pond, you have know soccer much more than I do, as does Gumpy and Wes. Why are we sending our shit team to this thing? The Gold Cup, everybody's saying, is more important Prestigious. than the Concafa. Why don't we have our best players? What is that all about? Well, I think the players have to be under the age of 23. No, no, no. no. no, no. For the Gold Cup, not for the Olympics. Oh, for the... Sorry, sorry about the Olympics, sorry. No, oh, yeah. The... I... But also for the Olympics, we got Pulisic, we yeah. got Reyna, mm-hmm. we got an entire squad that we could have put in there. We chose not to do it. Is it because they're tired, hurt? What is it? I think it must be to do with the player. I don't think the player might not want to play. He might want to rest his club. The club level might. Oh, the club takes precedence over the tournament. Mm-hmm. And really, in the world of football, the, the Olympics is <laughs> less, less of a tournament to a World Cup or a European Championship. I would like to be arrogant about our soccer team, and I, it's yeah. hard to do that yeah. whenever our team chooses not to play because they got club sports, which make them all of their money. Can't it, we do it for country? Hey, what mean, about come on? What about soccer coming? Home for the first time. That's right. You know what I mean? What about it? What about 1966 never happening here and just for the first Bring time? It home. Come on. Go ahead, Ty. Nigel, uh, with the way that game went yesterday, what was the atmosphere like in the stadium? Because, like, we watched Gumpy basically just melt live on, uh, you know, the YouTube stream. Like, have you been in any environment that's been similar to that? I mean, it seems like you go to a lot of stuff, but I imagine that was just absolutely crazy in the stadium. I mean, I've been, I've been to um, the best atmosphere was the Germany game. Actually, the Germany game was because we finally beat Germany. That was the best atmosphere. The tournament was winning. But the thing is, the, when the goal was in after two minutes, we were in complete shock. It was like it was the whole stadium. They were they were celebrating. They just couldn't believe what was happening. But there was one guy just jumped straight over the top of me, and he was almost completely stark naked. Just jumped straight. Oh, over was it the? Was it yeah. the guy? Was it the guy with the flag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that, that was all I could see for the first goal, and I think we had a song. Yeah, yeah, had him, and then, um, and then, but then, as the game went on, you could feel the nervousness. You knew that the, the Italians had much more of the ball; they were going to get better. And with regard, the only atmosphere I've ever been to where I could compare it to that was when um, Anthony Joshua fought Vladimir Klitschko. 
at uh, Wembley. That was phenomenal atmosphere. And I've, I, and I, and, you know, I've never been to uh, big American NFL games. So I can't really compare it to that. But I think oh, the, the heavyweight title fight between AJ and Klitschko was incredible. It's a Super Bowl. Yeah. That really <laughs> is a Super Bowl. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, sober up. We appreciate you, Nigel. You have been fantastic for us this entire run. We can't thank you enough, brother. Uh, thank you very much for everybody. All the best. And well done again on the great sort of all team up the good work. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, good work, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, Nigel Seeley. We have some big news for you. Yeah. Your favorite men's healthcare brand, Roman, is now available at Walmart. Roman's Ooh. non-prescription products have got you covered with everything from sexual health. What? Aaron, you're about to get back in the game, by the way. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. Should send him some. We should. Or just send him to Walmart because it's available yeah. there. Roman yeah. and Walmart. Mm-hmm. Everything from sexual health to everyday health. Your well-being is important and taking care of it should be simple. Now you can add to cart in real life. Ooh. Roman now available at Walmart. We're in your area. Let's go take care of it. And also, special Roman condoms are new and exclusive to Walmart. You won't find them anywhere else. Designed ultra thin, lubricated for pleasure, and FDA cleared because safe is sexy. Hell yeah. Roman swipes are an easy, discreet way to delay ejaculation and increase sexual stamina. They're fast acting and your partner will enjoy them too because there's no passed along desensitization if you use it as intended. Longer, better sex with Roman swipes. Roman condoms keep you safe. And also, they got testosterone supplements. They got hair supplements. Roman has everything to make you the best you possible. Visit your local Walmart store today and check out Roman's line of men healthcare products. All clinically tested and make you best you possible. And joining us after the American Century Championship was had this past weekend. A man who has won a college football national championship, a Super Bowl champion, Mm -hmm. a man who drained a very long putt this weekend. A guy who joins us every single day we work uh-huh. because of how much he loves doing this show and hopefully will continue to do this show long term potentially. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. Don't be shy. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. Tell us about it. Hey, what you, what you learned from Aaron, AJ? Hey, yeah. AJ, hey, come on. Come on. Don't be it. shy, AJ. Oh, AJ's not here. What? Uh, no way. What do you mean? Yeah. Huh? What do you mean? What? Oh, yeah. Today was his uh, his travel day. Yeah, uh, yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are no home. early flights. Well, he, there, he said there was, you know, just the time difference. And he had to oh. stop somewhere. His favorite spa he is stopping at on oh. the way. Oh, Napa Valley. Okay. Yeah, stopping there, yeah. Jeez, Hawk. Yeah, so I thought, just like everybody else, that AJ Hawk was going to be on today. I was excited. Mm. Woke up this morning, actually. Somebody had tweeted us a video. AJ drained like a 75-foot putt this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. He finished 10 under at the American Century Championship, minus 10. I mean, are you I was excited for this car. He was hanging out with Aaron. There was there was pictures, there were yeah. sightings. He actually had a pretty good shot on the guy. The guy did jump, which is what we talked about. It was a good tackle. Mm-hmm. Who knows? There's some I was so pumped this morning. I was in the shower. Okay, I was getting hit with the water. Of course. 
I live good now. Got two shower heads, by oh. the way. Get out of here! Oh. <clears throat> One on the wall? Not that. Well, they're both, both technically on the wall. I, I, the ceiling, <laughs> I've not gone to. Oh, yet. you don't have the waterfall. I don't, I don't like the waterfall. Oh, you don't? I'm not a waterfall person. You go into like a resort, really nice uh, shower hotel, whatever, yeah. and they have the waterfall option. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm out. Give me the one over here. Okay. Man. Yeah, because I don't need that thing coming straight down. Now, it is a relaxing thing, I think, yeah. when I'm maybe yeah. too doped up. I just go ahead and sit in it and <laughs> mm-hmm. that whole thing. But anytime I need to actually shower and do that, I'm a, I'm a on the wall type person. Now, there's been hotels that have it too low or too high. Oh, yes. And there's no, <laughs> there's no juice or whatever. Brutal. But I love shower. Like, a shower is, uh, I think it's, I don't know. I heard Tom Brady say this to Howard Stern, and you know, maybe it. I think I'm a meditator in the shower. Like the shower is like I enjoy it. Like I will sit there and I will just sit there and think about life. And I just the invention of hot water. I mean, such a good one. Genius. It'll change me. It it takes me from. I mean, I am. Almost like Superman going into a phone booth there, where I can be uh, doped and drowsy, go in there, hot water on the other side, it's like fresh as a daisy. Yeah, you know, I think it is incredible what a shower can do. But I have uh, I have one hot one and then one cold one oh, okay. uh, that I wash my face with, because Pharrell, the guy who looks like he's uh, 12 years old still, uh-huh. and I think he's like 60. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Look up how old Pharrell is. You will be mind blown in his face. He said he washes his face with uh, cold water so it tightens up the skin. So that's that's my new thing. Okay, now that I care. I used to have just acne and uh, scar all over all, all over my face. Now I, I'm doing Pharrell's cold move water. with the cold Smart. water. But while I was sitting in the hot water, I was thinking about all the great conversations we can have with AJ Hawk. Okay, I'm like rolling, rolling, yeah. rolling. Then I go over to do turn it on to do the face wash mm-hmm. routine. You know, while the body's still getting hot. And as soon as that water hit me there, like we're cold, I immediately go, "I have not talked to. Is AJ on the show?" Oh, jeez. So then I then I do it again. So then I get out of the, and that's how the shower ends. I get out of the shower, mm-hmm. FaceTime him, no answer. Okay, hmm. okay. Text Maybe. message him, no answer. Obviously. Hmm. So then I have to do a follow up like 50 minutes before the show. I go, "Hey, are you on today?" Oh, sorry, pal. I'm on a plane right now. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm like, what the? Oh, fuck? how convenient! How con- I had a seven-minute shower, two and a half songs played on the uh, Bluetooth, which I have to keep on because that the amount of songs tell me how long I've been in there. Because I will fuck around and be in there 25, 30 minutes, sure. and I can't have it, so I got to keep the songs on. I had seven minutes worth of excitement to talk to AJ Hawk and Crimson Chin still in the fucking sky right now after an incredible weekend of going ten under at the American Century Championship. It's is. I'm upset. I'm disappointed. But AJ Hawk will make it right. It's actually breaking news. What? Breaking news. Wow. AJ will not be with us today. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's pretty big news. I mean, I was afraid this was going to happen, Pat. He's gotten too big time for us, I think. It's on the Seat Geek ticker. AJ Hawk will not be joining us today. Isn't it crazy? Because at the beginning of this whole thing, when we started, he would just go hop in the back of a minivan, load up his entire family of 12, and just drive around the country for a couple weeks. And he'd be gone two weeks. Then he'd come back, and everything was good, and then he'd go away, and he'd come back. We miss you, AJ. Hey, we miss you, AJ. Miss you, AJ. I guess. I didn't think he could become, you know. Any more of a dirtbag. And here we are. This guy's just missing out every day. I thought we had... Okay, we went on that break and you know, we were back for 25 minutes, 30 minutes with AJ before he went on this entire 10-day yeah. excursion or whatever. Right. Remember, while he was gone last week, we were watching old AJ Hawk film. Oh, my God. Did we God. not all think, like, we're not going to do this anymore? We're not going to do what you just did to AJ Hawk? Yeah. Because no, we were I think you forget that he is a... 
He's an explosive son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big body. 4'4", four, four, jumping over Jimmy Graham at times. And he would just eat people's faces. Mm-hmm. We're talking about our species. Now, Mutina, we learned, maybe greatest draw of all time. But maybe that's only because we haven't seen AJ sit in there and just get punched in the face for 14 straight minutes. True. That's a good point. I think AJ may be greatest boxer to never exist. Mm. Yeah. How fast he is, how athletic he is, how explosive he is, and how his jawline is. I think he potentially, if the NFL is to continue to pump out these boxers, Ike Taylor's in the game, Pac-Man Ooh. is getting in the game. Like mm-hmm. I-, I think AJ's potentially our boxing you know, guy. But will he ever get into it? We don't know. I think he might start, though, if you keep saying he's a dirtbag and scumbag and stuff like that, which is why I think we move past right. those types of situations, yeah. but you have forgotten well, about Well, and also, you, you look at it, and, you know, like, we forget because we see him every day, and it's just kind of, you know, like, shoulders up. And, I mean, he looks like a little bit – tell you what, you see him uh, with that golf polo on, like – AJ's still fucking stacked. Hey, he's still yoked up. That polo, too. That was a medium. Yeah. Hey, he's wearing properly <laughs> sized. The, now, this one was Strahan and Sean Payton, who uh, just got a movie made about him from yeah. Kevin James. Ooh, yeah, very good. Exactly alike, too. So Okay, so Sean Payton's living. Is it the... Uh, We'll ask, we we're going to ask it. This is one of the things. Exactly. Uh, so many things. And that guy. Best just, part about AJ is, though, when he does come back, he will spill all the beans. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tell us the truth about everything. That yeah, happened. right. All right, let's talk. Uh, what did you say, Zito? We have a guest this hour. Uh, you don't have to say this loud, but uh, what is it again? Can you remind me? Go ahead. Do we have a guest this hour? Uh, not as of now, but hopefully coming up soon. Oh, I thought you said 48. Is that not what you said in my ear there? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm being fucking serious right now. Why I'm never saying you said, at all. Did, Okay, so you're just lying blatantly there. All right, so I thought you said something about eight or something like that. Did you say not say anything about anything? No. Okay, because we have a potential guest joining us this hour. Zito is supposed to keep me updated. While I was speaking earlier, you definitely said something into my ear. I don't know if it was something differently. I was on a roll. I couldn't hear completely. We are not locked in on said guest yet, is what you're saying. No, that was age of uh, Pharrell. There it is. Age. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I thought I heard 48 because I was in the middle of yep, speaking. Yep, I remember that. How old is Pharrell? 48. Oh, okay. okay. Right. So you did say 48, even though you just got You're done saying me. I said nothing in your ear, by the way. That is what separates this show from everybody. <laughs> okay, I just want to let that be known. All right. I forgot about that. We went right past that. I totally forgot about it. God. I didn't say anything. <laughs> no. I never said anything to you. Like, with, like, uh, I will say, if I was wrong, by the way. I forgot to say the last part about the guests. Yes. I did not say anything about the guests. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right. Oh. Yeah, that's that's a good deflection. I mean, you and Connor are becoming fucking Patrick Waugh back <laughs> But I, I, I was excited whenever you... Because yeah. we were talking about something that we had to finish, but when it came in there, somebody, we might have a guest to this hour pretty Ooh, big. Come on. Okay. Come we go, on. If you're actively seeking guests during the show, this is cool. So we, uh, we have brought on a company that is, I mean, allegedly... Oh, yeah. Pretty connected. Top dog. Okay. Okay. Because I'm tired of sending DMs and texts every morning when I wake up on who should come on the show. Because a lot of people start feeling like they're real important. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Absolutely. Who am I talking about? Dane Orschlovsky. Okay, no. That's not who I was talking about. 
Why do you got to bury Dan Orslovsky? He was hanging out with Dude Perfect yesterday. He's living his best life. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about Ariel Awani. Oh, oh sure, Awani. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's who I'm talking about. You know, and we could potentially try to get Ariel on today to talk about the fights, but huh? I'd, I'd much rather not do that. Has he thanked us for his seven no. jobs he's gotten yet? I not that I so. know of. No, he will never. Do you think those companies, all those companies that hired him, saw him on ESPN or like we want that guy, or do you think maybe they saw him? Be okay on the internet. Bingo. Uh, I think they the saw that one, but then I think they probably saw that tweet that was going around. So he might be scrambling. Yeah, DC to, seems to be pushing everybody else, huh? Hey, I will say this: uh, Ryan Clark is going to dominate with DC. <laughs> oh man, I'm okay. so pumped! I don't know if Ariel knows enough about Ryan Clark. I know they were peers over there at ESPN. Ryan Clark will get to the bottom and be good at anything, uh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and he has a work ethic. He was on ESPN there from 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. Yeah. every single day, like two falls ago. It yeah. was that's going to be great. ESPN's really pushing all of their shit uh, MMA-wise now, aren't they? Yeah. Seems like a much more concerted effort yeah. to uh, kind of push all the MMA stuff. I don't think it's fair to our guy, Ariel. I, I do not think no. it's fair at all to our guy, Ariel. But, hey, that's business, I guess. That's ESPN business, says. It's almost like Dana White was like, hey, as soon as you guys get rid of Helwani, let's start talking uh, UFC MMA on ESPN, huh? That's crazy. Everybody, Teddy Atlas was doing yeah, it. Yeah, legitimately. Hey, like, Teddy Atlas, late night after the fight, was given his entire geography lesson and fight game where he needs to it be. It was awesome. Bro, the guillotine <laughs> that Connor tried <laughs> yeah. to put him in. I mean, it was, they had every, Max was there, Stephen A's flying on private planes, rocking two chains out there. It feels like what he has, what's that with the shirt? Stephen A, yeah. Stephen A was, yeah. that's a pretty good look. Hey, he looked good. Yeah, white there. blazer, swag, black tee. Swag. Couple chains. Stephen A's living, by the way. I oh, absolutely yeah. love it. Seen but look before. That everybody is pushing. It feels like ESPN is really pushing UFC, and it comes immediately after Ariel is, it departs. Makes sense. That's unbelievable. I mean, Ariel probably has some conspiracies to cook up publicly. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should listen to them, though, because ESPN's coverage of the UFC this past weekend was mighty. It was vast. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. huge. And it was, you know, it was kind of an awesome fight card, to be honest. Yeah. The last fight ended how none of us would have wanted or expected, but... At one point during the night, Sugar Sean was crossing people mm-hmm. and then pl- playing bongos with a guy, literally just doing this and punching a guy in the face. <laughs> yeah. A man with no button. Instead, he somehow got <laughs> yeah. knocked out once in the fight and still continued to fight. We were watching. It was a show. It was electrifying. Promo was cut afterwards. Mutino was, everything was good. Then there was Greg Hardy Ooh. getting knocked out by a guy who... Ty became a big fan of because of his name, because of his style. But when he starts chugging beers and seltzers out of his shoe, Happy Dad got a great plug right yeah. there. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but if that was scripted or planned. Him chugging these beers going, it was a great show through the night. I think we all can agree with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I do want to give a special shout out to Greg Hardy because he did get knocked out so early in that fight. And that was such a quick fight. We got to the main event like an hour earlier than we thought we were going Very to. Very nice of Greg Hardy. Yeah. Huge. So that was awesome. That, and I think live while we were watching, we said nobody's going to point out the fact that Greg Hardy eating that hook to the eyeball. Yeah. And getting knocked out after looking pretty, it looked like in his face. He, he was, wobbled the guy. He was going to finish him. Yeah, very comfortable, very confident. And then all of a sudden, I know where leg buckle, body buckle. Bang. But you're right. Because it was so quick, everything kind of got expedited and moved up. It wasn't a 2 a.m. It was a 12-15 start for the fight that we got to talk about. I... Mm. Conor McGregor guy, through and through. He's an Irish guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's entertaining. 
He talks a lot of shit. I watch his documentary. He comes from next to nothing. He took over the game business-wise. He's a fighter. So off the out, outside of the cage, outside of the ring, he's made some decisions. And you go, what the fuck are you doing? But he's also signed up to go fight people inside of the cage. So I assume there are some personality traits that potentially come with not all fighters, some particular fighters where outside of the ring or outside of the gym, there are some decisions that can be made that you go, what, what, why are you doing that? Why are you well, they also go in to go try to kill people too. So yeah. you can ask why you on both things. Some of those in a fight game, I think, happens. It's not cool, obviously, when anything bad happens outside of the sport. But it, it, I think, it has a potential happening in the fight game. Now, Conor McGregor brought electricity. He brought the WWE full force into the UFC. He wasn't the first. He just mastered it and was better than everybody else. He brought in the Billy Strut from Vince McMahon. He understood the fight game, I think, better from a marketing and promotional standpoint than anybody in the history of the UFC, Conor McGregor. And he also had a work ethic and a skill and a talent that he could match the shit talk and back it up because the best shit talk is the real shit talk. And when you're becoming the champion and... 15, 20 seconds or whatever it is. And then when you're winning two championships and you really have the fight game in a spot that you can end any fight with anybody, you can be better than anybody. And once you have that and you shit talk, you're talking epitome sports entertainer there. Mm -hmm. When your skill can match, when your skill level is high and your mouth can match it, that is when, here we go. So Connor captivated me. He captivated everybody. When he got into the boxing game with Floyd Mayweather, also human, who figured out the game of boxing better than anybody in the history of boxing and his skill level was at a point where he could do it. When he did, I bet on him there. I bet on Conor McGregor going over there. Conor's not going to get into this, even though it's going to be a big payday and everything like that, because at that point, his fight reputation was so fucking positive and so good. Why would you do this other than the payday? Payday's coming no matter what. You're already paid. Why would you do this unless you thought you were good? So I actually thought to myself, Connor's not signing up for this if he isn't. And the odds were like plus 10,000 or something like that. So I bet a massive amount on that because the payday would have been hysterical. And for 10 rounds... He was legit, and then finally Floyd outbeat, outlasted him and just beat the hell out of him, but still he put on a good show. What he became when he became a billionaire and he's sleeping on satin sheets in yachts, it can become difficult, I assume, to want to wake up in the morning, pound the pavement, Ariel told us one fighter said, but also get tapped out, potentially get ringworm, get your face rubbed in some stuff, as much as somebody who doesn't have any of that stuff, because that's what you're fighting for to begin with. You get in the fight game for your legacy, but also because the riches that come alongside of it. Connor has achieved all of those, and in the notorious documentary, money was a massive motive. I mean, this is obviously for everybody that comes from type of money. Mm-hmm. Was the most. So once you get all that, how can you still train and be as savage as the person who's trying to achieve all that? I often wondered that. I asked that question, but still back Connor because Connor was my guy. This past weekend with what happened with the uh, whole wife in the DMs. Oh, thing. man. Okay. So Dustin Poirier, the diamond from Lafayette or whatever, the Lafayette diamond, I don't know what it is, but what I don't know enough about him. I will learn. The night before the fight, the other guy is telling the entire world that your wife is in his DMs or was in his DMs at one point. Now, what was said, who knows? Could have been a fuck you. Yeah. Could have been anything. Could have been way before. Could have been anything, right? Yeah. But just putting it out there how it was. 
Then he comes into the arena. This guy is booed. Okay, so somebody leaking that your wife potentially was trying to cheat on you, which was the angle it was. We're not saying that's what it was. Could have been a lot of messages, but that was the angle it was. That's babyface, right? That guy then becomes the sad, so, so sorry your wife did this to you. Like that is a babyface. He walks out. He's hated by everybody. He gets booed by everybody in there. So this guy, within a 24-hour period, heard and was told by everybody on earth that his wife was trying to cheat on him or potentially had sex with Connor before she met, whatever the, the narrative was. Could have been a lot of other things, but that was the narrative that was taken. Then he gets booed by an entire arena. I started feeling bad for the guy at that point. Mm -hmm. Then when Connor comes out, and Connor's very aggressive, two spin kicks earlier or whatever, and he starts, he's, he is doing well, but then Dustin starts doing his thing to him, right? And I didn't catch the point to the missed leg kick that potentially started the crack in the either ankle or lower leg uh, thing there. But when Dustin pointed at that, I think that is a moment that's going to live on forever there. What happens after the match, when Connor's sitting on the ground, Still saying your wife's in me DMs. Yeah. I think that was tough for me to be like, okay, Connor, like, you come on. And when Dustin was on top of him, ground and pounding Ooh. him, it looked very reminiscent to a lot of fights that Connor has potentially not boated well or fared well in whenever he's on his back or whatever. One for the guillotine, shout out Teddy Atlas, yep. and he missed it, but then he ended up on his back. And the commentators don't ever seem to be on Connor's side, by the way. A lot of like, oh, this is bad for Connor, this is bad for Connor, and everything they were pointing out, I was starting to think back to his fights. Since 2016, he only has one win or whatever. That's five years. And we're talking about boxing, I think, invo involved in there. It's like four out of his last five fights he has lost. The win is the shoulder in that thing. Is it that he is sleeping in yachts? Or is it the fact that he's maybe just at a, at a stage body-wise, physically, that he can't do the same shit that everybody else is doing? Is he done? Does he come back? I became a Poirier guy on Saturday with the way he handled it all. Mm -hmm. And he clearly was winning the fight. Yeah. And the other guy does it. I just, I don't know. I've always been a Connor guy. But on Saturday, I was like, after the fight, I was like, I, I think I like this Dustin guy a lot more than I could have ever imagined. I've always been a Connor guy, too. And it made me think, like, and, and he still is. But I was like, are, is a McGregor fight just, like, appointment viewing anymore? Like, will I, no matter what, spend 70 bucks? Like, I don't know. Because, like you said, he hasn't won in where he's won one time in five years, it feels like the last couple fights haven't been like particularly close. So it's just, I don't know. It's it, it was, He it, said the second round was going to change or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. As a Conor McGregor guy, I don't know enough about the sport. I don't know. I, once again, Conor McGregor, I've supported for a long, long time as a fan. I bet on him and everything. And he was calling for a doctor's stoppage or mm -hmm. whatever because his leg broke. And you saw, by the way, when it happened. And then he still had to sit on his back. I mean, it was... Incredible toughness and grit shown by Connor. For okay, sure. this is not a this is not a knock on Connor, but I became a big boy. I think after the fight, I don't know what the right promo angle is there for both of them because Poirier is going to get another fight which is awesome for Poirier yeah. he's going to get another payday with Connor and everything like that. But I think Connor could have handled that. I, I don't know. It just it was a very it was a, almost a turn of the tide, I think, in feelings towards Connor and most definitely towards Dustin Poirier, yeah. for sure. Post-fight was almost the best part. Like, Poirier's wife in the ring yes. flipping McGregor off right before he cuts his promo. But you kind of have to respect it. Dude's ankle is basically hanging off his body and he's already promoting his next fight. It's and like, he was getting pummeled in there. Yeah. Destroyed. Like, he was just eating elbows for about two minutes of the first round. His skin 
must be tougher than most people. It's probably because he's Irish, I guess. Mm-hmm. But True. He should have been busted open a few mm-hmm. times on that eye with a couple of poyes, and it never happened. And I don't think I've seen any even swelling somehow. There was elbows dropped on his eye when he was on the ground. Oh. Bad. Now, he was doing damage as well, but I think Poye was winning at the time. And Poye said, I checked your kick. And then the internet finds it where he's like, yeah. That is just, I think a lot of points Poye in the entire game. Well, isn't that exactly what happened in the previous fight? Like, they, they did that kind of thing, and then the second round, like, Poye just battered his ass big time and knocked him out. Like, who's to say that wasn't going to happen again? You know what I mean? Like, it, I almost feel bad for him, too, because I feel like... Poye or Connor? Poye, because, like, he... Uh, like, you get wrapped up in this, like, McGregor trilogy, and then, like, it's tough to walk away from that because you know how much you're getting paid, but also, like, if he beats Connor again, like, is that really elevating his status that much? And Yeah, now you it's, know? is it? Because the winner of that was going to go on and get a title shot, right. like Dana uh-huh. said. Poirier beats him again. He's going to go get a title. So then if as Connor worked his way back into a championship fight then, and then how pissed off will everybody be in the fight game that Connor gets it? I, I, I don't know. That's all for somebody else to figure out. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying from a everything is the WWE perspective of life, which Connor and I talked about. That is how I look at everything. And it, I know it's not right. Listen, I know it's much more serious than that, but Maybe. it's a lot easier whenever you just view life as WWE, and it's like, oh, that's a good character. Just came in. All right, out of there. See you later. Oh, bad character. Ew. Yeah. yeah, like there's a yeah. – once you start doing that, I think the whole narrative after that fight changed, and I'm a big I'm a big diamond guy all of a sudden. I mm-hmm. like old Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I mean, would you even want to see another fight between these two? You're going to want to see any fight that Conor yeah, gets into because his promo ability yeah. is so good. It yeah, is so good. but against – Poye, I don't know, because the last two... Like, He's just going to box, right? Connor's going to go box. Shit, yes. I don't know, though. What if yeah. he goes up against Jake Paul and Jake Paul kicks his ass? Yeah. Connor's done forever if that happens. Look, if Jake Paul knocks out Connor in a boxing match, could you fathom mm. it's over. the world after that? The world. Well, his... What would Jake Paul be? Plus 300, probably, in that? Plus 350? Yeah. yeah. Just about. In boxing, you think? Maybe. Yeah. Bro, he's... Hey, big size advantage. Now, obviously, Floyd Logan is Mm. something that everybody will compare that to. But I think Logan and Jake would say that Jake's probably, I don't know. Is Jake the better boxer? I think Jake is the better boxer, right? Between Jake and Logan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. Jake's the better boxer. I think pro now. And Connor's much worse than Floyd. Which one's which? Which one fought Floyd? Logan. 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 Logan's taller than So the other yes. one's the better one? Because he's got the pro fight coming up against Jake. Ooh, I don't. You think you guys think Jake's better than Logan? I don't know which a one. Better, I always thought a better that was boxer? the better boxer. I thought that was the case. I thought that was yeah. the narrative. I don't watch enough. Because he beat Ben Askren and no, like, he's a legit pro though now. I mean, like he he spends way more time on it. I think I think he's he got actual like three chops. and a half years or something. Yeah. Like Logan too. I mean, well, I think they've kind of committed the same amount of time to this. Oh, it's so just, Logan is also... I didn't know. I thought Jake was committed more because Logan has the podcast, which is biggest in the world. I yeah. Think, and everything else like that. I thought Jake was just full-time content boxer. I thought Logan was just like the big money fights. Like, obviously, he's going to... You know, the Mayweather thing was like the biggest ever, but I feel like... Are we are we misreading this? I, I thought, thought Jake sure. like wants to win like a title. Anyways, Connor, Jake, it's going to be awesome. If Jake knocks him out, it's a problem. Yeah. By the way, if Logan knocks out Connor, it's a problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. No matter what, if Connor gets in a boxer and gets knocked Connor out, Connor get knocked someone. out. He didn't get knocked out, right? He just gets choked out. He, eats. he got knocked out by Poye last time. Yeah. Oh yeah, the sleep on a baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that was that was the I guess Khabib kind of, but not really. He choked him out, right? Submitted yeah. Him, yeah. yeah. Submit. 
But McGregor doesn't don't count that. McGregor doesn't get better as fights go on, like you said. Usually he gets it done early, or it does not get better for him in the second round, like he said. He does have boxing uh, cardio, though. That's 10 rounds. That's right. Long yeah. time. Let's get to a break. <laughs> we covered that, I think, pretty good. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel sometimes we dive into shit we shouldn't, and I think to myself at the end of it, like, ah, nobody should have had to listen to that or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I think we did that pretty good. Had to, and that was the biggest thing that happened this weekend. Can't have Manicky on yet because we still got to talk. And to your point about like how McGregor started out being, you know, the greatest promoter with during the boxing, you're kind of getting that now with O'Malley with Sugar Sean. So it's like you kind of have that next generation guy. Hopefully, he's going to be the guy. Yeah, hundred percent. He's so much taller than everybody. He's going to fight down there. Yeah, and he grew up playing all the sports, mm-hmm. so he's very athletic. And then has focused his time. Not that wrestlers aren't very athletic, okay? But normally in the ball sports. When a wrestler gets introduced, they are the worst. But if there's a leverage game, the wrestler is going to win. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's not. I'm not saying that, but he seems to have like actual yeah. fluidity, just like uh, John Jones, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Fluidity, athleticism, and he's been doing it since ninth grade year or whatever. It's a lot of time, and he's incredibly entertaining. Yeah, gets it. He's the guy. He's the guy. Hundred percent. Put over Mutino too. Smart. Read the room. Yep. Smart. That's one of the toughest guys of all time. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people are saying, oh, Sugar Sean can't bury somebody. It's like, yes, he can. He has buried everybody. We need to not bury Sugar Sean's power because of Milford Mass Mutino's jaw. That might be the toughest human to ever walk this earth. He was at training this morning, by the way, Mm -hmm. in class. Wow. But his face... His face looked like a catcher's me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, one of those old ones that have lumps on it. His uh-huh. whole face, and he's just in there teaching. Like, yeah, that's how you roll there. I love Mutino. Yeah. yeah. Sugar Sean putting him over in the promo, smart, and then doing his whole thing after. I think it was great. One back the crowd, you know, for sure. Turn on him for some reason, because Herb Dean decided to save a life. Right. That's right. There is some potential breaking news that none of us want to say or hear. After a successful UFC 264 where I don't believe ESPN was trending for having outages or not being able to have enough people on the platform, feels like this was their first really tech glitch free UFC with the ESPN. Should go to be talked about there, should be noted because of all the negativity that is potentially there, but there seems to be a lot less free streams out there as well. Dana has taken aim at all of that. UFC 264 from Sugar Sean all the way through Dustin Poirier and that gruesome injury at the end could have ended better, but feel like it was a pretty good show. Dana White at his post- Jesus. Post-event press conference uh, said one sentence that really rattled us all right to our core. Dana White said he thinks that there's another, like, sports shutdown potentially on its way with COVID. No! And uh, is this the Delta strand? Maybe. I don't know enough about it. And he said the UFC won't stop, though. Don't you worry about it. So I don't know if he said this. Just to put over the UFC and bury everybody else, which would be good promotion. Uh, Dana White, though, thinks sports in the U.S. could shut down again due to COVID. However, the UFC will not. Just like he had planned the last time this stopped, he got an island. He was going to make things happen. Mm -hmm. He says that ESPN and Disney didn't allow him to continue to go on. But that statement right there, why is Dana saying it? You have to think that Dana probably knows things that we don't know. We've been dancing on the grave of COVID. Yeah. 
for a long time yeah. now. We, we predicted its death long before it actually died. Yep. We Babe Ruthed it from the batter's box. Yep. We said, hey, when somebody says this is going to happen in a month from now and it's something that is victorious, it is something post-COVID-like, we started celebrating because we needed to find something to find a little bit of happiness, to find a little bit of joy, to see the light at the end of this absolutely devastating COVID tunnel. We started pushing, hey, we beat COVID. We need to understand that although we all had to battle and we lost a lot of incredible humans to this thing and the world stopped and we changed and there's going to be a lot of issues with people long term because they were locked in their houses for a long time. Our fight was a fight that was worth it. It was a good fight. We started saying, hey, good news. We beat COVID. Yeah! Yeah! We had other people say it. Hell yeah. We celebrated it. Uh-huh. As more news continue to roll out, NFL stadiums will be full by fall. We beat COVID. Yeah! UFC's in Jacksonville, full arena. We beat COVID. Yeah! Texas Rangers somehow got 40,000 people to watch baseball uh-huh. in one stadium. We beat COVID. Mask mandates were lifted in every single state and city, even the ones that were locked down the absolute most. Rates started dropping. Death rates continued to somehow fall, even though they are already very, very, very small. It felt as if all signs were pointing towards us as a legion of humans from one side of this globe all the way around. I'm not saying it's a flat to the other. We beat COVID. The fuck is Dana Whalen talking about? No fans in Tokyo for the Olympics. Dana White feels like sports are gonna shut down. What is happening? Are we we beat COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dana's We beat COVID, right? Yeah. Did we not? You know what Dana's doing. What? He knows that in about a month, his little organization is going to be an afterthought. Oh, my God. When the crazy. NFL comes oh, back. Oh, so oh. he's trying to shut down sports in the NFL so that he remains relevant. Okay. Sorry, Dana. The King's coming back in a month. Deal with it. All right. The opinion of Diggs does not reflect that of the rest <laughs> of the people that are on microphones currently. But I hope that's the case. And I hope it's not that we're getting back into a place that none of us want to go. And I feel like will be impossible to get to with families who have children that have been inside the house. But, hey. We'll ride the wave as we go. We will continue to be the dumb monkeys on the screen, making you laugh, hopefully, and covering the things that need to be covered. And hopefully, those things are us beating COVID and sports being all the way back. Don't love what Dana just said. Joining us now is maybe a man who has some inside information on the league that Diggs just referenced right there. You know him from his incredible show that is currently on hiatus and is for the foreseeable future, Rap Sheet and Friends. You know him as an insider from the NFL Network and the NFL as a whole, ladies and gentlemen and rapper yeah! fresh off the course how'd you do how'd you play today did you play good golf today or no um i was going real good until about midway through 18 then i went ob and things were not good uh oh, played a tough off. course shot 91 can't say i'm not happy but it is what it is um we'll play again tomorrow hey you left it all out there there hey, yeah. 
I'm happy you're just playing golf all the time while we're working. Classic story, but let's dive into some of the stories. You just heard everything we just did there, and I apologize for making you wait a minute or two because as we were getting into it and deeper into it, my brain realized that we might have been dancing on a grave that hadn't been fully buried yet, and I don't like to think that we overreact, but everything I've been hearing from Roger Goodell in his Super Bowl press conference, owners' meetings, press uh, conferences, with his doctor and the things he knows, talking about full stadiums in the fall, and now we're all there. Is there a glimmer or a thought that there's potentially going to be no football full stadiums in the fall? And why is Dana saying that, you think? Yeah, I, I, I would say this. From everything I've heard, you are right. So, congratulations. Yeah! We did it! about the fight that humans had against this goddamn 19 Mr. COVID. <laughs> I want to let you know that we got into the ring and we took some. Hey, we took we mutinoed for yeah, a while. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All right, we ate 200 to 300 punches right to the face. Herb Dean didn't call it. Uh-uh. We were locked down, we were we were trapped, we were pinned down by a virus and we fucking came out the other side of it. We lost a lot of fucking great people. True. We went through some tough times, hard times. Mm. We're talking hard times. But here we are, Monday, July 12th, saying the same thing we were saying. Monday, April 12th, we beat COVID reigning fucking champs. Ian, it feels like you know less than us, though. You've been golfing every day. What are you doing? Well, the phones work. I got gloves that allow me to text when I can. Uh, gloves? You are both? Without taking my glove off. Hey, do you wear both hands gloves? No. Give me a break. Okay. I'm just, I didn't hey, know. Fair hey, question. Hey, fair question. Even, you said not a fair question. Even in the gloves. rain, I only wear one glove on the left hand. I don't even mess around with two gloves in the rain. So, okay. whatever. Well, Beast. Hey, listen, I just didn't know. I didn't know. There are some people yeah. out there that golf with uh, two gloves on, and yeah. they're, they're an interesting people. Let's talk, though, about... What's going on in the NFL right now? What are the stories? What are the things we should keep updated on? What should we think about here on this well, Monday here? I, I kind of want to answer your first thing about Dana White first, though. Like, you know, is there is there actually a possibility of a shutdown? And I would say this. Uh, some of this does hinge on how many players actually get vaccinated. The numbers are pretty good and getting better. And I'm going to be really curious to see as we get closer to training camp and then into training camp, how many teams are at 85%? Because the the rules are so drastically different for players who are vaccinated compared to players who are unvaccinated. I mean, from, you know, there's no daily test. If you're vaccinated, you can go home during your bye week. You can go to Jamaica during your bye week or whatever people do. If you're unvaccinated, you have to test every day at the facility. You cannot leave town. Like the differences are so great that I feel like more and more players are going to get vaccinated and if you have a group of, you know, 85 to 90 or more percent players who are vaccinated, almost all coaches uh, and tier one personnel people are vaccinated. So if you have everyone, almost everyone protected, there wasn't even a shutdown at the height of COVID. Chris Paul. So I don't see any, I don't see anything like that coming. I mean, to me, the hope is based on all the work the NFL and its doctors and the NFLPA doctors have done 
it should look very, very normal in 2021. Okay, that's great news. Now, I will say to you, while you've been on a golf course living this fantasy life, I want in the real world, from what I've been told, because they've made their way into my timeline while I've been trying to live my fantasy life that I live, right. I guess there are now booster shots being talked about for some of these vaccines. There's a different variant. There's all this other shit. I mean, who knows Jeez. how this goes? We need football, though, Ian. So whenever you're mediating for the information from who Whoever, let them know we need football and we need them to beat COVID once again. Now, uh, I, by the way, we beat COVID. I'm, I'm yeah. just, don't even tell me anything different. Ian, uh, there's a couple stories bouncing around the NFL right now. Uh, one of them is the Washington football team. They have a massive decision that has to be made. Jason Wright has been on the show a couple times. Hopefully he'll be on again here in the next few days. How is that whole thing going? Are they going to pick a new name soon, later? And what happens when everybody hates it? They know that's going to happen, right? They know that there is about a 100% chance that everybody's going to hate it. And it's not till 5, 10 years down the road. Rebranding is a massive decision, Ian. I mean, it's like every time a, a website changes its cover, everybody goes crazy because you don't know how it works. And then like two days later, you're like, okay, I guess this actually is a little bit easier. So of course, everyone's going to hate it at the beginning. We learned today, uh, kind of an interesting tidbit, I thought, they're not going to be the Warriors, which would sort of seem to be a little bit of a compromise, right? It's not necessarily Native American or indigenous people, but if you want to see it that way, you could, theoretically. Um, might that sort of be like a halfway between the people who want to to embrace the past of the Washington football team and the people who want to embrace the future? Hold on, Jason hold, on, hold on. So warrior, it's not going to be warriors. So warrior, definitely not. Warrior is a potential Native American thing. Is that what they're saying? They're saying it's a slippery slope. That was the word that Jason Wright used, and he doesn't want to kind no of go down the. No, so it's, no offense it's to the Native Americans. To Native Americans. No offense absolutely. to Native Americans. Absolutely love Native Americans. Okay, I have friends. I, I've got to give uh, the whole thing. But I don't know if even they feel as if they got a monopoly on the word warriors, right? Yeah. I, I don't think that is. But I could see where Jason potentially just wants to stay away. Is that kind of the thought? Yeah, and it's going to be, the name is going to be new. I mean, it really is going to be sort of a new beginning. The colors are going to be the same but the logo is going to be different and the name is going to be different. It's kind of a way to, you know, I think for the organization, they, they've been battling a lot of self-created problems over the past year or so. And I think this is a great way to symbolically start completely new in a way that they have done so inside their building as well. Bury the, bury the football. Yeah. I mean, let's bury essentially, the football. Yes. Jason Wright's done a great job. I can't wait to see what name they go with. There are so many different, because they could hire as many firms and focus groups as they want. Every name is going to have positives. And I mean, there yeah. is there is so Do you much. have a guess? No, because I, I actually put in the DCFC name. I wanted the DCFC name that ended up being a part of their poll on do you like this type of name or not type of name. And when we talked to Jason Wright about that when they put the poll out, because this was a massive conversation, this doesn't happen a lot. An NFL team is changing names. Unless there's an expansion, I mean, this is a big deal. This is a huge deal or whatever. So when they put that out, I asked him, are these the names that are potential? And he said, maybe, but mostly that – 
poll they did with those names kind of gave them a direction on what people hated, what they didn't hate, and kind of whittle out some opportunities. It's a big process. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, while he was on the golf course, said, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this week and then get back to working out and figure things out in a couple weeks. At this point, we know Aaron is in incredible shape. Yeah. Yeah. He's in incredible shape. He looked great at the match. He threw a ball 150 yards into a pontoon. (laughs) Guys, uh, gullet, basically. I mean, ridiculous. Crow hops into this thing. He's in great shape. He said he's going to continue working out and then figure this out in the next couple weeks, which he has to do because training camp is in a couple weeks. What are you hearing? Do you know just as much as us at this point, or is there actually information to be known? Uh, First of all, uh, he is in good shape. His arm is still great. He's a good golfer. I mean, he's like a, apparently a four and a half handicap. That means he could go out and, you know, break par. And so, like, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'd it's say. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Ian, he ain't scoring 91 like you on some shit old course. Aaron Rodgers. All right, Ian, he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. This is Aaron, this is, this mean, is Aaron Rodgers. This is fair. Yeah. That's what's, <laughs> yeah. And by the way, he sandbagged um, to the match. He said, I hadn't been playing, I hadn't been playing. He very clearly had been hitting balls. Lies. Yeah, yeah. Lies. which is awesome. Um, yeah, awesome. That's great. By the way, I'm I'm all about that. But yeah, um, as far as like kind of what's going on, obviously nothing nothing imminent because training camp's not starting for another couple weeks. I I thought his use of language, Aaron Rodgers is very very specific, right? Like when he does interviews, True. whether it's his kind of like thoughtful mode post game or whether he did the Kenny Main thing. And he thanked and, you know, embraced everyone except Brian Gutekunst. But he did say, you know, Matt LaFleur is a, a great guy and a great co- – I mean, everything he does is very specific. For him to say the other day like he did uh, kind of – I think it was kind of like right off the course, spend the next couple of weeks and figure it out was interesting to me because it made me think there is something to figure out rather than I want out, rather than we'll see where I'll be, rather than – find a new home, like, we'll figure it out, at least made me think he's leaning toward the, all right, there's clearly an option staying that makes sense. So I don't, his use of language is very specific, and Hmm. I kind of took note of that. And that's a big deal right there, the way you uh, dive into the linguistics of it all. That that is true, figure it out. Is he talking about, you know, maybe not just Gunther Guns, by the way. And once again, I know less than everybody else. He and I are not like that, and I do not want to put myself in a position to say something compromising about him and then him not be happy with me or whatever. So I've kind of stayed out of this. AJ's going to have to talk. Uh, he oh, was yeah. supposed to be here today, yeah. but he's been with him yet again. And, you know, I wonder if Aaron, you know, and we'll ask AJ tomorrow. He's supposed to be here today. We'll ask him. We thought, not supposed to, we thought he was going to be here today. Right. He does, he's supposed to do whatever the hell he wants to do. But did AJ, Aaron, and like, people he hasn't been around in some time since the Kentucky Derby, and have they sat down? Is there maybe a figure-it-out situation happening with all parties right now, both Aaron, friends, business, Packers? I mean, there, it, let's figure it out. It is a fascinating thing whenever you break down the fact that he is incredibly intelligent and there is a reason behind everything he says. Uh, so that is... Hey, that's gonna feel pretty good. Ty's gonna go. He's gonna be a Packer, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Uh, is AJ in there smoking uh, cigar, saying we can figure this out, can we? Is AJ in there? Swords away. Is this what's going on, Ty? I wonder. Well, I just I assume at this point because what options do they have? Either he comes back. They're not gonna trade him, so it's either he comes back and plays. Do for we them know this that year. for sure? I mean, I Jordan think so. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see any way that they trade. I really don't. Like, I, I don't even. I couldn't even. I couldn't even make sense of the compensation at all that would make an Aaron Rodgers trade make sense. I mean, it would just, 
be hard for me to fathom. We did some fantasy booking on this show about the Niners and who they would have to give up, and Niners fans started coming up and saying, we ain't going to trade those people. It's like, that's what we're talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah, nobody. Exactly. It's going to be very difficult to make it worth it for the Packers, but if Aaron doesn't want to go, like, what is what happens? Who knows? Jordan Love, Mulligata said, has been absolutely balling out alongside uh, Deshaun Watson and Justin Fields. Uh, have you heard anything out of that camp, out of that workout? And obviously, we'll talk about Jordan Love if you want. We'll talk about Justin Fields if you want. Go Bears. He's going to camp, what, today if he's going there early? Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, though, Mulligata still has him around everybody else. That seems like an interesting business decision if Mulligata was under the thought process that something was potentially going to be terrible for Deshaun, right? Or, or am I reading yeah, into I that mean- too much? You know, it's sort of similar to like Aaron Rodgers, like nothing is by mistake, right? Like if you wanted to, it's social media, you know, so like uh, not that I would ever do this, but some people when they take pictures on Instagram, make it look better than what it actually is. Like they improve their life on just social media. So people think that things are great when in reality, they're not as great, something that people do. Um, So if you wanted to edit Deshaun Watson out of Instagram, you definitely could do it. Clearly, he has been working out a lot. He's been throwing. He's been kind of getting more into the spotlight, I would say. You know, Mulugeta, his, his longtime agent who reps, reps all of those guys, um, has had Deshaun around. I mean, that's a guy, you know, Deshaun is a guy they look up to. He's been training with them, and he has been, I would say, more active on social media, maybe a sign that he's kind of ready to get back to work as well. A lot to get figured out in a short amount of time, but, you know, obviously his intention is to kind of play football and get right back into it. So I think my respect level for Mulligata is so high that he would not have Deshaun around Justin Love, Jordan Love, or Justin Fields if there wasn't some positive... I don't know. Just That's me reading into it too deep. I don't know why you would want to associate with a potential 20-some... If yeah. it was... You know, I just, I just think for me... Yeah. That feels like business-wise, or maybe Mulligata's like, hey, you're my guy until you're not. We'll figure it all out as we go. I'm not 100% sure, but that is July 12th for you in the NFL. Yeah, right. Uh, What do you have, Connor? Yeah, rap sheet. Is there any word from the Chiefs as to what they're expecting with Frank Clark? And also, will they jump back into free agency to try and replace him if they do end up losing him for uh, the season? I mean, first of all, with, with Frank Clark, Edge Rush, they have had Melvin Ingram in for a visit. It was about a month or so ago. Mm. So usually when you have a veteran like that who wants you know, real money in for a visit and you don't sign, that's a guy you revisit kind of before camp. You know, if, if Frank Clark is off the field for dealing with far, far more serious issues like two gun charges, including having, having an Uzi in his gym bag. In California. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And it's, I mean, I haven't done... All of the work, but it doesn't sound like there's a lot of wiggle room when it comes to the gun laws there. That's like Plex, um, right? That's like yeah. Plexico whenever he shot uh-huh. himself. Uh-huh. He shot himself. He was the victim of his own gunshot, and they're like, oh, that means you have a gun on you. Bang, you're going to See jail. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. Yeah. There's some serious law. It's New York, obviously. California's different. But there are some serious gun laws in those states, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's not like they care whether or not Frank Clark can rush the passer or not. Which he can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Which he can. The law is a law. So um, I'm curious to see how quickly that goes. I mean, the charge is extremely serious. Um, I don't know enough about what options he might have to avoid jail time, but I do know that, you know, obviously this is something the NFL is looking at and looking at very seriously. And, 
Um, you know, we'll see about his availability for the start of the season and beyond. There's just at this point, there's there's way more uncertainty than there is certainty for Frank Clark and for the Kansas City Chiefs. Off the field wise with Frank Clark, and I said this whenever we found out about the Uzi incident. Why does he feel like he has to have that is a number one question I think we should have as a like, hey, why are two different gun charges in a couple months period? Yeah. And he was strapped, strapped. Why? Who? How's this going? That doesn't sound good, though, for Chiefs or Frank Clark. T's and P's. We hope everything ends up all right and nobody ends up hurt. What do you have, Ty? Ian, for a while there, I think the Packers were talking about making Devontae Adams the highest paid wide receiver and talking about doing a deal with him. Uh, him re-signing, do you think that's entirely dependent on whether or not Rodgers comes back? Yes. Uh, I would be, you know, crazy things have happened, so I hate saying it like this, but I would be really surprised if Devontae Adams signs before Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, I know he likes Green Bay. Uh, he's been pretty successful. He likes his quarterback, as I think everybody does. Um, I know the Packers, you know, Devontae Adams is definitely someone the Packers would like to extend. I have heard that I haven't heard any traction there as far as I haven't heard any progress about a new deal for Devontae Adams. But I don't, I don't see him or maybe anyone – like, I don't see any Packers deal before Aaron Rodgers. It would, would make no sense. So if Rodgers does, in fact, get a new contract that kind of makes this situation salvageable and something they can deal with, then they look to their next, who would be Devontae Adams, like, all right, we got your quarterback. Now let's, now let's really talk, and we'll see if they can do it kind of before the start of the season. Although the Packers do deals at all times. Um, they did Bakhtiari, like, middle of the season last year, so – uh, if they don't get it done before the season, I'm sure they'll continue talking because he, he will be deserving of every penny that he gets. Have they thought about an, a potential extension or raise for Takatari after what he did for the Milwaukee Bucks and yes. mm-hmm. guaranteeing a non-sweep in the finals of the Bucks in Milwaukee last night alongside old Dana Beers and Mr. Takatari on the Jumbotron? Is Have the Packers thought about maybe I mean, giving him a life lifetime deal? I mean, they gave him so much money. Can I just tell you? At that game, Bakhtiari, oh, let's fucking go. <laughs> so Bakhtiari is the greatest. Like, he really is. You know, being being a star offensive lineman that guy is, also is awesome because you really, once you're sort of set for life and you know that, like, there's nobody better, you can just do whatever you want. Like, wouldn't we all like to do that? Yeah, right. But, yeah, but Ian, you can't chug a beer, let alone two of them. Though, you know? <laughs> can you do what crazy Carl Tartar is doing right here? Can you? Oh, let's. Can I? Then they win. No, yeah. is that a coincidence? <laughs> by twenty, right? Uh-huh. By twenty, by the way, Ian, you you can't chug a beer, right? I can I can chug a beer. I can't like I can't do the thing where you just open your throat yeah, and dump delete. it down. It takes me like a little bit, but I can I can chug one now. I will say this. Well, I can get the liquid down. I am, I've been nothing but honest with you. I always will be. Um, if my wife and I had a beer chugging contest, it would be close. Well, I don't win. doubt that. Yeah. You're Ian wow. Rappaport, dude. Nobody thinks to themselves, you know what? Ian's wife can't out chug him. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody, What? Yeah, you didn't deserve that, but I mean, it's real. I, I, I think if I was yeah, asked. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think if I was presented the question, let's say it was the college bowl and Peyton was reading it with Cooper there. Uh-huh. And the question is, uh, who can chug a beer faster, Ian Rappaport or Ian Rappaport's wife? I would immediately say Ian Rappaport's wife. Yes, she dust him. Everybody would say that. It would be B. It would immediate. be close. She wouldn't dust me. It would be close. But. So she'd win. My daughter. She's probably, she's probably not. 
going OB on 18 either, Friday. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> joining us now live from his vacation, we appreciate you, Ian Rappaport. Yeah, Rappaport! So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. Users, FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. There's a lot of fucking options out there. I know that. Everybody knows that. The fact that you allow us to spend some time with you every single day, we are eternally grateful for it. Hashtag end of pod squad tie. Please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Monday. Wait until you see tomorrow's show. Hey, it's a big one. We'll see you then. <laughs>